Welcome in to the Friday edition of the Daily Tap. Hope everybody is doing well. Happy Friday. We have the betting previews as we do every Friday. We're going to talk Packers Chiefs. We're going to talk Rutgers Wisconsin. And then maybe a few Bucks betting trends early on. Give you that. Bucks play the Knicks tonight. So you have you have that going on. And so we maybe more of a comprehensive look at the Milwaukee Bucks, not necessarily the game itself. I'll give you a little bit of an opinion on that game just just because, just because we're feeling good. You want to rate, review, subscribe, please, to this podcast. We really appreciate it. Apple, Spotify, anywhere really you can get your podcast. We are there. If we are not there and you have a, you like have podcasts or you listen to other podcasts there, let me know. I can hook that up, make sure it happens. Also follow us on all the socials. We have the reviews we have the mini kegs we have a lot of shit that's just i think we do we're doing a better job on social when we can tapping the keg sports facebook twitter or no facebook instagram tiktok for tapping the keg sports tapping the keg on twitter um so fortunately we can't do all three because twitter has rules about length of uh handles which i did not know when i was setting everything up Let's talk betting preview. We'll talk to a little bit about Rodgers, Odell, all the stuff with Green Bay here and the Packers and the Chiefs. So the Packers and Chiefs get together on Sunday. This matchup was manufactured by the NFL. What do I mean by that? The NFL added a 17th game. The NFL said, okay, it's going to be an AFC opponent. It's going to be a team that had was in that had the same like finish in the division. And it'll be a couple years prior. So it won't be the team you played last year. So the Packers, last year, who did they play AFC-wise? They played... They played the AFC East? No, they didn't play the AFC... They played the AFC South, right? They played the AFC South? Yeah, I think that's right. Oh, yeah, they did. That's right. They played the Jaguars at home. They played the Colts. Okay, I got it. Titans, they blew out. Right. All right, we got, we're good. Sorry. But so the AFC West was going to be the team. And of course, it happened to be Packers Chiefs. Like, oh, look at this. We get Mahomes and Rodgers. How, how convenient, right? Doesn't happen that way because Aaron Rodgers tests positive for COVID. Aaron Rodgers is found out to be unvaccinated. Aaron Rodgers is, according to sources, furious that this has been released. I'm not surprised that Aaron Rodgers is very unhappy about this. I This seems like something Aaron Rodgers would not be okay with. I think Aaron Rodgers probably feels... Like his privacy has been violated, especially because it got leaked, it seems like, from a league source. As it was reported by the NFL media, Ian Rappaport, Mike Garfalo, it's not necessarily coming from the Packers organization. The Packers, I think, felt good about what Aaron Rodgers was doing from a vaccination perspective. Even though the NFL considered him unvaccinated, he had to get clearance. We talked about this on Tapping the Keg yesterday, so I don't want to do too much more on it. But I feel like the Packers were okay with what Aaron Rodgers had set up. The fact that Matt LaFleur did not comment on anything, the fact that Aaron Jones didn't, I think there has been a moratorium on saying anything about it, knowing that Aaron's frustrated about it. Knowing that Aaron's upset, I think that the word around town, the word to the team, the word to the coaches is do not talk about this. This is not something for you to talk about. Aaron will talk about when he's ready, and that's it. And I, I think that's how they're going to approach it going forward, even though now, which is hilarious, the journalists will start doing their jobs when they should have been doing it a while back and asking these key questions of, hey, Moderna or Pfizer, J&J, what did, what did you get? How did you feel? Did it affect like your off season? Did you get like any symptoms after the vaccine like others have got? Like 
Those are real questions. And the last thing I'll say, and then I'll get off COVID corner, we'll talk about it in preview, but I, I think it's, it is the story heading into this game. It, it has to be. You know, it's Jordan Love and it's Aaron Rodgers' COVID diagnosis. Aaron Rodgers not taking the vaccine is not a life or death decision. We need to fucking relax with some of our hyperbole about COVID. Look, for 60 plus people, COVID is life or death stuff. You do worry about it. There are very few people, there are rare instances where someone of the age of 18 to 40, 49 is going to be very sick from COVID. I had a family member who, yes, he had an issue, a complication after the fact, and it's really unfortunate, okay? So I'm not like ignorant about this. I get it. But Aaron Rodgers is a premier fucking athlete. Him not taking the COVID vaccine is not a life or death situation. We need to relax with that type of hyperbole. That hyperbole is not helping the discourse, okay? All that is is getting you retweets and likes on Twitter. That's it. So we need to kind of stop with that. And we need to kind of look at it more as he should have taken it to make sure that he did not put himself in this situation. And Tom Brady got vaccinated to avoid this sort of situation. Other quarterbacks, Russell Wilson, I'm trying to think of other guys that have gotten vaccinated, I think that have been open about it, did not put themselves in this situation, okay? Aaron Rodgers did, and that's that's kind of the bottom line on it, but it's not life or death. All right, let's, let's get out of this. Let's not talk too much more about it. Odell Beckham, too, real quick. I have no... I have no real um, desire for the Packers to sign Odell Beckham. I used to. I, I think there are podcasts where I advocated for it. I just, I don't see the point. I think Odell Beckham is a cancer at this point. I think Odell Beckham would just add locker room issues. I realize Andre Risen came to the Packers after being basically a diva on steroids in Atlanta and turned around the Packers you know, wide receiver unit in 1996, helped him win a Super Bowl, the whole thing. You got to remember though, Antonio Freeman broke his arm. I don't think Robert Brooks was out, but he might've been out. He might've been out with a knee injury. That 96 team was banged up at receiver. The Packers aren't banged up at receiver. Marquez Valdez-Scantling probably is back this week. Alan Lazard's there after missing this game because of COVID or being a close contact. He didn't have COVID. Uh, Alan Lazard will be back. Devontae Adams may be back. Um, you have Randall Cobb, like they have a lot of guys right now, wide receiver. I don't think wide receiver is a need for Green Bay. If Odell played cornerback or Odell was an edge rusher, yeah, maybe we could have a discussion even with all the bullshit that surrounds him. But right now this is not worth the Packers time. And I, I don't think the Packers will explore it. And if a team in the NFC gets him, so be it. I haven't seen Odell Beckham do anything impressive in three or four years. So it would be told it's the quarterback. I really don't believe it. The guy to me is football Kyrie Irving. All right, now let's really move on to the betting preview. I'm sorry. I should have opened with, we're going to talk a couple Packer headlines and then go into the betting preview. My apologies. I have misled you as a listener. Green Bay Packers, Kansas City Chiefs. The line is the Packers are underdogs by seven and a half points to the Kansas City Chiefs. The over-under is 48. I will give you a stat that I think is the ruler of all stats. The Kansas City Chiefs in their last 18 games are 3-15-1 against the spread. Let me, let me say that again. 
three, fifteen, and one. If in the last eighteen games you just bet against the Chiefs, that's all you did. You bet Chiefs against the spread, and you were betting against them. You would be a rich fucking man or woman. All right. The Chiefs are a terrible Vegas team. They have been overinflated by Vegas because people bet on them and they want to steal money. So Vegas has been stealing money from people betting on the Chiefs really for the last year and a half, shall we say. To me, that is one of those things where you look at it and you say, how can you trust the Chiefs? How can anyone trust the Chiefs? I realize I'm a homer. Packers are also 7-0 in their last seven games against the spread. They've been a covering machine. And you look at 7.5 and and you're like, how this Chiefs team, they barely beat the Giants at home on Monday night. They have a short week. They've only played, they've only been, you know, prepped for six days. They then had to kind of redo their defense and now prep for Jordan Love in the last second. I just look at this and I don't I don't know how anyone can trust the Chiefs. And I'm saying I know I'm a biased observer, but I've I've definitely told you guys in certain situations where it's like, yeah, I might stay away from that. I, I mean I might not bet the Packers. I might just stay away and I'll I'll be fine with whatever happens. This is not one of those scenarios. I really like the Packers in this spot. Jordan Love is getting the perfect situation. Jordan Love is getting a situation where he's facing a terrible defense. He's getting a couple days to prepare, and he can do this with the talent out there offensively. If he gets David Bakhtiari back, he gets Devontae Adams back. I mean, he's going to have it all in front of him. A.J. Dillon, you know, talked yesterday. I don't know if it was to the media or just to a couple reporters and said, like, Jordan's a natural-born leader. Jordan can do this. I, we believe in Jordan. We trust in Jordan. I think the young guys in that locker room, and I can't remember I talked about this. I think I did back in August. But the young guys in that locker room, I think, ride with Jordan Love. I, I mean, Marquez Valdez-Scantling worked with him in the offseason. Uh, A.J. Dillon and him were roommates. They were close friends. And I think Chris Barnes actually and him were roommates. But Jordan Love and A.J. Dillon are really good friends. They're repped by the same agent. There's a lot of trust in that locker room for Jordan Love. It's not... Brett Hundley, okay? And it's not Mike McCarthy basically telling Brett Hundley, hey, go out and run the Aaron Rodgers offense here and just make it happen. Mike McCarthy is a lazy coach, all right? If Mike McCarthy gets enough time to prepare, I think he's actually pretty good. That's why I think like Cooper Rush was good last week against, against Minnesota. Mike had two weeks to prepare. Mike's also always been great off a of bye. I think we should have all took that into consideration when it came to the the Cowboys and Vikings game last week. McCarthy's record off a of bye is incredible. It's actually really good. But I think that he... So I shouldn't have said he was lazy. That's probably a cheap shot at Mike. I think Mike just takes time. I, I don't think it all comes together very quickly for him. For Matt LaFleur, I think the opposite. I think Matt LaFleur, A, relishes in this, just like he did last Thursday, and B... I think Matt LaFleur has already thought about this. I, I can't believe that Matt LaFleur hasn't at least looked at his playbook and like what is built for Jordan. And Jordan is ready to succeed. And if Matt LaFleur believes in Jordan Love, like I think Brian Gutekus believes in Jordan Love, Matt LaFleur is going to have him ready. Matt LaFleur is going to make him look like a star. And if Jordan Love goes off, 
the internet's going to f- go in flames on Monday. Monday is going to be an insane fucking day. And, it, and on the opposite end of the spectrum, we talked about that yesterday. But I don't look at this and say the Chiefs can cover seven and a half. I really, I really think it'll be a close game. I don't know if the Packers will win. I think they can. But there's nothing that Kansas City has shown us to make me think, all right, yeah, the Chiefs can cover. Even if, and I wouldn't bet it, and we, you know our rule here on the podcast is, even if we don't think our team's going to cover, we just stay away then. We don't bet against our team. That's not what I do. I think that's loser mentality. I think that's degenerate shit. But I would say Packers plus seven and a half is good. If you want to flirt with the money line, which is probably like plus 250, I don't hate you for it. I think you, they have enough talent to beat the Chiefs. I think the defense is another part of this that we haven't really talked about. Defense for the Green Bay Packers is really fucking good. It might not show in the stats, but they are a opportunistic defense. They have they are third in the league in takeaways. All Kansas City does is turn the ball over. If let's put this scenario out there. Let's say Jordan Love has a great scripted first drive, gets a field goal, maybe he even gets a touchdown. Mahomes comes out there, he throws a pick right away. And then all of a sudden, it's Green Bay's up 10 nothing, and, and Jordan Love's playing with a lead pretty much the entire way. Or it's 14 nothing. I think right then and there, you're going to see what, it, what this team's all about. Because this Packer team can defend. And I trust the corners. I trust Rasul Douglas. I trust Eric Stokes. Might have Kevin King out there, which I know what you guys will say. But look, having Kevin King at least a part of the mix just helps things out. It makes sure guys like Henry Black, I know he had an interception, but it makes sure guys like Henry Black aren't out there. They have a great they have a great safety group with Savage and Amos that can contain Kelsey. Also, Devondre Campbell's out there, who I think can do a good job on Kelsey. I think they're going to frustrate Mahomes. I do not I do not scared of this this offense. Like you don't scare me anymore. It's kind of like it's like home alone, right? Where Kevin McAllister's like, I'm not scared anymore. That's kind of how I feel about the Chiefs offense. Like, how can how can anyone be scared of this Chiefs offense, especially with how good the Packers defense has been? And that's where I look at it and say, this Packer team can win this game. And they might not need Jordan Love. It might end up being defense. It might be they pick Mahomes off four times and they're able to sort of get short fields and make things happen with just a little bit of offense and running the football because this Chiefs defense is terrible. This Chiefs defense has done nothing to make me think, okay, they are fixed defensively. They have a lot of problems. Packers are getting them at the right time, even though the Chiefs desperately need this need this win. As for the over-under, 48 is really low, um, but I think it's low for a reason. I'm not going to bet it. Um, I think that that is a pure stay away. We have no idea what either team can do. It could either be a slog and that under makes a ton of sense or the Packers offense looks great. The Chiefs offense looks great. And we have 60 points heading into the fourth quarter. Look, couple stats for you. The total has gone under in four of the last six Chiefs games. And for the Packers, the last five of five have went under. So if you parlayed the Packer spread and unders for the last five games, you'd be a very wealthy man or woman. So we'll see what happens. I like the Packers for this one. I think they're. I, I do think they're going to win. I, I I feel pretty confident, um, more confident than I expected to. I think it's just the Chiefs aren't that good. 
And I I just know that, and I feel like the Chiefs are me- more mediocre than the spread, and everyone wants to lead on. If this was Seattle, e- e- even Seattle next week, if this is the same scenario, I don't know how I feel if Russell Wilson's back. I definitely don't feel good about M- Minnesota or or Los Angeles coming up. Like Maybe Minnesota, just because the wheels, I think, are falling off there. And I think like the Ravens are a great bet this week, by the way. Just a side note. But I, I think this is just a really convenient spot for Jordan Love. And I think he's going to relish in it. So we'll see. It's going to be exciting. I, I cannot wait. I think this is probably the biggest Packer game I've looked forward to this year. That and San Francisco a little bit just because it's Sunday night and whatever. But this one, man, is a top-tier game for the Green Bay Packers. Let's move into college football and talk a little bit about Wisconsin Rutgers. So Wisconsin heads to Piscataway, New Jersey this weekend to take on Rutgers. They are a 13-point favorite. The over-under is a lovely 38. Uh, The Wisconsin Badgers have looked like a wagon the last three weeks. Uh, They dominated Illinois, they dominated Purdue, and then they dominated Iowa. So the Badgers have turned a corner, I think, on the season. I said that last week. I feel pretty good about that. Um, I feel like Wisconsin can win this game. Well, first of all, they will win this game, but I also think they can cover. I think they can cover 13 because Rutgers does not have an offense. Rutgers is averaging 12 points a game in Big Ten play. This Badger defense is right there with the Georgias of the world in terms of the best defenses in college football. I think they're going to make Rutgers life a living hell. I think the Badger offense can do just enough to win this game like 21 to 6. I don't necessarily see this one being close. I realize there is maybe a letdown potential, but I don't know. I don't understand. I saw that from someone and I don't think that really exists, right? Like they were favored against Iowa. They should have expected to beat Iowa. I understand they won a trophy. I understand that can kind of you know, the balloon can kind of air yourself out a little bit. You're going to, you know, New Jersey, it's cold, It's that stadium's kind of weird. But I don't look at that and say, okay, the Wisconsin Badgers are just going to fall apart. Rutgers does have a good defense. I mean, the way the Badgers either keep this close and Rutgers covers is Graham Mertz turns the ball over. That's really the only way that this thing changes. And that's your one worry when you're betting Wisconsin is, will Graham Mertz be a disaster and then all of a sudden you're chasing this, you're worried, you put the batters in a parlay and you're you're nervous that they're not going to actually win this football game. I would be very surprised by that. I don't think that's going to be an issue. It's not like Wisconsin has anything to look ahead to. They play Northwestern next week. So it's not like they're looking ahead to Northwestern. This isn't a sandwich game at all. I think Wisconsin just is going to continue to, you know, pound the football and win this game. They have a running running game too. I think that's important. Even though Rutgers defense is better than I think some of the other lowly teams in the Big Ten, they haven't seen a guy like Bray- Braylon Allen. And Braylon Allen's an absolute monster. And Ches Malusi's a good sort of secondary back. But Braylon, it's the Braylon Allen show at this point. So I like the Badgers here. I think the Badgers cover and I think they kind of win this game pretty handily. I don't think this will be close. I think you could put this in a bunch of parlays. You can do a lot with this one. I like the Badgers a lot uh, to take care of business against the Rutgers Star- Scarlet Knights. Other games worth noting, college, NFL, just while we have a little time here. 
like I said, I, I really like the Vikings. I really think the Vikings are, or not the Vikings, excuse me. Let me redo that. I really like the Baltimore Ravens. I think the Baltimore Ravens are in a lovely spot in this one. Um, I Everybody likes Purdue against Michigan State as a letdown spot. I don't know how you don't because Purdue has just been a great cover team throughout. They covered against Nebraska on the road last week at a seven and a half. I couldn't believe that spread was seven and a half. I wish I would have money lined that. But I did really like Purdue. I think Purdue is always good as an underdog. Um, I would bet Purdue in that one. That just seems so obvious. Maybe it's too obvious. Um, Michigan State has defied that throughout the throughout the college football season. We've seen that a, a few times with Michigan State. So hopefully that does not happen if we're all on Purdue. Because I think a lot of us will be on Purdue. Purdue t- seems like a very public dog. I like Auburn plus five against Texas A&M. I, I know Texas A&M has played better, but I think Auburn is sneaky good. I think all of a sudden Brian Harson has figured out how to coach with Bo Nix. Brian Harson's a good coach. He was from Boise State. The guy knows how to kind of be that underdog role. I'm not surprised that they are they are rolling. Other quick NFL thoughts. I don't know. Do I have anything else NFL-wise before we, we move on? I don't think so. Uh, just the Ravens are one that stood out to me where I looked at it and said, all right, that that is a team worth worth an investment. Um, I also kind of like the Falcons plus six and a half against the Saints. I think that's a little overreaction to uh, Tom Brady. Uh, I also really like the Rams minus seven against the Titans without Derrick Henry. I think that's, I know, I know Tennessee's a good dog team, but I think that's a great spot for the Rams with their offense. I think you can do a lot with that game. You can tease that game. I think that can be in parlays. I think you could even do something like, you know, Rams, Rams spread teased with the over um, and do that. Although I lose a lot when I do that, but I still that the Rams are definitely on the radar. Rams, Ravens, we just have to find us a third team to tease, and I think we're good to go. All right. Let's finish off with a few Bucks betting trends just as they open the season as you might start looking at the basketball to sort of quench your thirst during the week. You'll have college starting on Tuesday, which is crazy. A lot there with college. Don't blow your load. Um, I'm saying this to myself too. Um, it's really easy because there's going to be so many, so many games, so many college basketball games starting on Tuesday. Uh, get your Ken Pomp subscriptions, get your T-Rank, get everything all ready for that. But for the NBA, the Milwaukee Bucks have been a team that I've kind of stayed away from just because of all the injuries. I did uh, look at them against the Pistons because I just thought that line was way too low. Uh, In that one, the Bucks were only favored by four and a half. And I was like, this Pistons team stinks. Um, And finally, I think Vegas has realized that they're 10-point dogs tonight at home against Brooklyn. And now I'm like, well, that's kind of too much. So let's see. I, I probably avoid that altogether. But honestly, like there was a real advantage spot there. Bucks might have Drew Holiday back. I think that's what the line is reflecting because the Bucks are favored by five against this Knicks team. I think the other thing about this Knicks team so far is they've only seemed to beat good teams or bad teams. Excuse me. They beat the Magic, uh, but they lost their last two with limited offense. They've kind of come back to life after being a three-point threat team. For the first couple games of the season, um, they've they lost to Toronto and they lost to Indy. Indy the last two games uh, where they were blown out really, um, and Mitch was like, "Well, they're not really blowouts, but it, they were not in control in either of those games." Um, the Raptors and Pacers 
both had had sort of the control of that one. Uh, but yeah, I I like the Bucks if Holiday's back. If Holiday's back, I think five is actually a great number to get the Bucks at, especially at home. Like I think that's definitely something to look at. Um, some of the trends uh, for the Bucks that they've seen so far. Right now, the Bucks are the under has gone five of their last five games. It's also gone under in six of the last six home games. Um, the Bucks for the season thus far are two and six when it comes to unders. Um, so definitely something maybe to take advantage of. They haven't been a good home team against the spread. One and three, uh, three and one on the road. Um, zero and two as a dog. Um, but those games were. You know, the Miami game where they were missing a bunch of guys and the Utah game where they were missing a bunch of guys. So I would not take that too seriously. But yeah, there are some nice trends, I think, for the Bucks. If you look at the head-to-head between the Bucks and New York, uh, the Bucks are 6-3-1 and one against the spread and 4-5-1 and one when it comes to the over-under. So there's there's a little bit there where the Bucks play well against this Knicks team. I think it's a good matchup. They don't. The Knicks have nobody to guard Giannis. Mitchell Robinson's too slow. Julius Randle's too too small. And I think that happens far too often with teams is they have a guy who might be a little bit big, but not, not big enough for Giannis, or a guy that's big enough, but he's too slow for Giannis. So I think the Bucs are in a good spot tonight. We'll see if they can get it done and keep it rolling and win two straight games. That would be great. All right, that does it. We'll be back on Monday. We'll talk everything about Jordan Love. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about the Badgers. Bucks have two games. So we have all that in front of us. Should be a great show on Monday. Cannot wait. See if any more Rogers stuff comes out as well. All right, take care, guys. Have yourself a great weekend, and we'll be back on Monday. Also, go Trojans. Uh, Wild Tosa West in level three playoffs for the first time in since 1982. Got to shout them out. All right, take care, guys. Have a good one. Bye.